0: Thanks for listening to Schlaer Evans On Demand, presented by Bath Fitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bath Fitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bath Fitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bath Fitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bath Fitter, it just fits. Welcome to 4 Town Territory as Stinkin' might take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Playoff-style hoops last night at the uh, SAC as the Nuggets. Playing, by the way, remember, back-to-back. You know, I heard the digital team over at uh, the other side here, denversports.com, just over the last couple of weeks, whining about back-to-backs and how tough they are and, How Nessa, Nuggets and Avalanche handling back-to-backs just fine. Last night, the Nuggets, on a back-to-back, go overtime. Yet they were the fresher team as Nikola Jokic finishing off his triple-double in overtime in style. Clippers need a bucket here. And they're
1: not going to get it. Jokic on the steal. robbing it up!
0: That was that assist was for the That was for the triple assist. double, yep. Yeah. Yep. Undefeated in triple doubles. He's averaging a triple double. Dude is <laughs> freaking, freaking yeah, It's it's easy and I think most of the time the MVP debate is framed by numbers. And yeah, the numbers tell a large part of the story. But if 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 you want to see what an MVP looks like, mm-hmm. how an MVP plays down the stretch of a game that is being played at playoff intensity. Go back and watch the last five minutes of regulation and then the overtime and watch Jokic. Watch the way he recognizes the moment, takes over the moment, Uh comes through in the moment. It was an MVP-type performance. Yeah, the numbers were there, but just watch it because I think sometimes we'd like to frame these kind of debates with the numbers. Sometimes just the eye test, and boy, he passed it flying colors how many shots does that guy have by the way just like fadeaways one hand tip-ins like his ability to create within seven eight feet of the basket it's there ain't nobody that can create like he creates his touch his his six seven feet away from the basket his ability to just to find a shot it's amazing yep yep He's the GOAT. He is. Second down. At least the regular season GOAT the last three years, not all time, but. (laughs) Although, keep it going, man. Keep it going. Uh, Meanwhile, the Avalanche, so much for them being bothered by back-to-backs. In their last three back-to-backs, 12 possible points, they've picked up 11 out of the 12. Another one. And by the way, in those three back-to-backs, winning the second half of the back-to-backs against teams... Who are already rested. Same case on Saturday. They beat uh, Calgary. Jared Bednar very happy with his wins over Winnipeg and Calgary on back-to-back nights.
1: It really like this weekend, especially because we got a little rest, you know. We got two practice days, a couple days of rest. We're able to sit down, do a little video with individuals, with the team. And I thought the team was fantastic this weekend. Two really good, solid, complete games
0: on both sides of the puck. So, real nice finish. You know, it's funny though, Mark, is that, you know, even, even with the, the stretch of hockey that they're playing really good hockey, 13, 2 and 2 in their last 17 games. And yet it still is incredibly packed right now in the playoff race. They're in third place, one point behind Minnesota. Uh, but yet they're, they're only, uh, one point ahead of Seattle for the final playoff spot. The good news is is that they're looking like they're just about going to be locked in to make the playoffs. Calgary, sorry, the NAS effect just hasn't happened in Calgary. Calgary is that uh, final team outside the playoffs. They have 66 points. And this this time of the season, four or five points, that is hard to make up. So the Avalanche, never. there was never any real doubt, was there? I never had any doubt that they'd make the playoffs. Now it's just a matter of where they're going to be seated. Although I've said it a million times, I'll say it again. I don't care where they're seated. I don't care if they have home ice or not. There's not one team in this Western Conference that's going to beat them four times. Yeah. Last week they had, uh, uh, they had three birds in the bush on, on several different teams. <laughs> They're not games in the hand. They're birds in the bush. They're birds in the bush. How many? How many birds in the bush do they still have? They got plenty. They got. Let's see. So they're one point behind Minnesota in the division. They got three birds in the bush there. Okay. They're two points by three points behind Dallas for first place in the division, and they have two birds in the bush there. Two birds in the bush. So you know, even for and by the way, here's a big one tonight. They host Vegas, and Vegas has the best record in the West. With seventy six points, the Avalanche are five points behind Vegas with two in the bush. But tonight is one of those big ones. You know what tonight yeah. is? Tonight, all right. Let's see if you get your your hockey terminology okay. down. What is tonight? Tonight they play Vegas. They play Vegas. It's a big game in a sack. No. <laughs> it's a uh, come on, come on. It's, it's a, a it's a it's a three point game. Oh, close. Oh shoot, close. It's a four-point game. Four? How do we get the four points? Because if you beat them in regulation, that's two points you get that they don't get.
1: Mad, 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 mad. Four-point
0: game tonight. Four-point game. Hey, this, now, this is one you don't want to win in overtime or shootout. Because then it's a three-point game. Then you no get two, I'm but no they at, get one. No wonder I'm no good at math. So tonight's a four-point night. Four-point When game. does two points equal four points? Is the, tonight. Tonight. Yes, absolutely. Nine. It's a math equation. Third math down. equation. Hey, Johnny just moved <laughs> us on. <laughs> Broncos uh with the combine. We'll get a chance to hear from both uh, both the Paytons tomorrow, Sean and George, uh during our show, during the eight o'clock hour tomorrow. They'll both be speaking at the uh at the combine. Do you uh do you anticipate the Broncos making a big trade to accumulate more draft picks? To use future draft picks. Do you see Sean Payton taking the long view personnel wise? Or do you think he's gonna start to try to win now and make moves now? I don't I don't see them making a bunch of moves. I like if there's a guy they like that they could they could package a third or fourth and move up to a second, then I could see them doing that, but I don't see any significant you know, future moves, future picks. Really? Because that's he did a lot of that in New Orleans. No, I understand trading that future picks. Like, hey, I'll I'll give you a pick from twenty twenty four for well this year. Right? They don't have well. What do they have? Do they have their first rounders back in twenty twenty four? I don't know what they. I am. I'm confused on what they have and what they don't have in twenty twenty four. Yeah, they'll have their first round pick, but they will not have a second round pick. Okay, so. So trading their first round pick, I could, yeah, I could see them doing that for next year if they see somebody they love this year. I mean, come on, it's not about it's not about playing for the it's about winning. Boy, they do not have a lot of picks the next two years. No, twenty twenty five it opens up, but. Man, they're going to have to be real creative over the next couple of years. That That's is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right, Russ. Yeah. You know what, Russ, it would make it a lot less uh worrisome if you could actually, you know, bounce back. Believe in it, believe in it, believe in it. I saw a video of him in uh, Sierra frolicking in the water this weekend. Did you saw Oh, no, I did not. I'm sorry, I missed that. I'm sure it was much. lovely. Lovely frolicking. Yeah, it was it's spicy. Then I'll throw water on you, and you throw water on yeah. me. Big bite. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> That'll do it for four down territory. Uh, we had a lot to cover. We only got through three. Yeah, it's close enough. Where is he? Here he is. Here he the he is here. Thank you, Marquette. We're going to punt early on uh, four down. We'll have Matt Moore, our Nuggets Insider, joining us in about a half hour. You want to react to uh, what went down with the uh, Nuggets last night, the Avalanche, Avalanche making a trade. We'll talk more about that. Bring it back to uh, Jack Johnson. Hit us up on the Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043. That's coming up next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bath Fitter. Bath Fitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Yeah, we'll have our uh, very own Andrew Mason out at the Combine Indy. Cecil will be out there as well, so we'll get you uh, covered for everything going on with the uh, Combine. What's trending coming up at... Uh, Seven thirty. you have something you want to uh, pass along here? Um, do I have something I want to pass along? By the way, still reveling in our beatdown at DMAC on oh, Friday. Gosh. Oof. That was a Look knockout. Look I am. A knockout. By the way, there are people doing 5 to 10 right down the state pen that did less to get there than what we just did at DMACC on Friday. <laughs> the it best was. part was right before we came on. Mike Gliss was on. Oh, dude, and basically refuted a bunch of stuff he'd said, which you heard and brought up. And he's like, nah, oh, I kind of hope you didn't hear that." He's <laughs> <laughs> a good sport about it. He's yeah, like, oh, yeah. I kind of wish you hadn't heard that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was. I mean, I mean, a a sport sport by the way, by yeah. the way, not to not to interrupt your train of thought, but. You know, the whole, you gotta have a quarterback, gotta have a quarterback, gotta have a top five quarterback, gotta have a top five. You know, you, you, know, that whole, oh yeah. What we, that, that mantra that we've heard from the little fellow in the afternoon. And for, trade up to get one if yeah. you, if you have to. If if you no have matter to. what. No matter what, you gotta get one. Um, since 2011, six teams have traded up, given up huge value, more than what the value chart would tell you to trade up for, and this comes from Daniel Jeremiah, who covers the draft for the, uh, NFL network and everything else. But, uh, six teams have done that since 2011, starting in 2012. Okay. 2012, Robert Griffin. The Washington Redskins traded up, uh, up to the second overall pick. How'd that work out? Not well, right? Not well. Okay. How about, uh, 2016, two quarterbacks they traded up for? Jared Goff, number one overall to the Rams. Carson Wentz, number two overall to Philly. How'd that work out? Not too good. Okay, well, you know what? It's going to start to trend upward here because in 2017, the Chicago Bears did that to get up for Mitchell Trubisky. Ah, good old Mitch. How'd that work out? All right, well, what about the Jets in 2018 trading all the way up to get uh, Sam Darnold? How'd that work out? Okay, but you know what? I mean, come on. All right, five for five. I I get it, but, you know, eventually you're going to hit, right? 2021, the San Francisco 49ers traded up for Trey Lance. How'd that work out? Below, not good. Yes, not not good at all. It it just is, you know, the narrative of you got to have one, you got to get him in the top five, you got to trade up to get him. Gotta, it's just not. It's just not accurate. It's not true. Wow, look at you, look at you, my little shaver. You know, it's like the pupil teaching the the, the teacher. Now it's like you know that you're, you're 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 carrying the torch for me. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I love it. Yeah. Now you had a weekend to uh, digest the report in The Athletic that uh, 15 Bronco coaches and players on and off the record, uh, all kinds of, a lot of the stuff that we knew, but, you know, stuff that was kind of added to it. You know, we knew that Russ had an office, but the fact that it was on the second floor, we knew that uh, Russ was doing uh, some some of his things with the Seattle offense that maybe wasn't fitting in perfectly here, and we we heard about some of the cadences that he was using in Mm -hmm. Seattle that he wasn't using here, and the offensive linemen were standing up during practice going, what the heck is that? We're not doing that. Now you had a weekend to digest it. Where are you at with Russ? Um, I find that level of self-importance and selfishness um to be incredibly disappointing and you know you can you can shroud that under the uh, the guise of hey man, I'm working hard and I'm preparing and I'm doing this, that and the other but when you have different plays than the stuff you're running on grease boards and you know that's the report, hey man, he came into his office he had his own hey, we should try to run this and we should try to like really, you want to talk about you want to talk about complete and total dysfunction, and then changing up cadences. I've told you this before, and this is a real sore sticking point with me. Cadence is a weapon; it's a weapon for the offense, and it's the one situation or the one the the one area that gives us an advantage over them. They're better athletes than we are up front, on in the trenches I'm talking about. So let's make sure we use that cadence as a weapon. When you're changing cadences and you're doing things on your own or you're going to plays that we haven't run, like you want to talk about the ultimate in selfishness. I know better than everybody else. And the whole, I was thinking about this, the whole office upstairs, I started thinking about how many times over the course of my career did I ever go upstairs to the coaches' offices? Can, can, can you list it? Orlando was talking about this the other day. He said maybe five times, and and most of them were just end of the season exit interviews. They were done upstairs. That's it. Right. I think I went. I think I went upstairs to Mike's office one time because coaches came to me and were complaining about our schedule and so I went up to Mike's office to change the schedule one time every other meeting I had with Mike was downstairs in my in our area in the locker room area when I when I told him he needed to start bringing in breakfast it was because I was down he was downstairs and I basically pulled him aside and said hey dude you need to start bringing in breakfast like you know and then explained why and it was done um I think I had one meeting with him upstairs in his office to change the schedule and one meeting about Monday's off if we won in his office. And that was like on a on a Tuesday on our day off or whatever, or a Monday when we got finished our workouts. So I think two times in my career during the season I went upstairs twice. Now, yeah, there was some off-season exit yeah. interview or upstairs to accounting because something got screwed up. Right, but other than that, no. Hey, hey, look, th- this article could not paint Russ in a in a good way. But we spent an entire off we spent an entire season talking about how Russ was given too much. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a lousy dynamic there. And he came across looking like he was above everybody, and that he was given his way, and that article only reinforced it. It also was something we talked about all season long. the idea that Nathaniel Hackett let it get out of control yes and enabled it. okay, that article supported it in in some respects, it was the capper to me. It was like, okay, you're right this this puts this puts a bow on just how bad it was last year. Sure. The good news is there is a new sheriff in town right. And th- this article would only continue to resonate for me if you were bringing back the entire cast. If Nathaniel Hackett hadn't got fired, if everybody was still in place, then this article would really be like just a, a, a giant red flag mm-hmm. to everything that we would be looking forward to. But they're gone. Right. Sean Payne's in here. It's going to be done differently. Yeah. And I'm not really worried about all the stuff that came up in this article. It's going to be different. Yeah, you have have your own office downstairs. It's called the quarterback meeting room. Yeah, it's going to be different. Pull all your ideas up there. Go in there and study film. You're fine. So, yes, while you read that article, you're like, oh, my God, last year was a mess. The good news is that was last year, and it will be different this year. What's trending coming up? All right, all you uh, old-school baseball fans. What did you make of the travesty that occurred over the weekend? And could there be a solution to one of the calls in football that drive us crazy? That's next. Here's Shlareth and Evans with What's Trending right now. This one just came down. The Milwaukee Bucks have been sold to Jimmy Haslam. Hey, look. If you're going to hold the... Oh, go ahead. If you're going to own the Browns and now the Milwaukee Bucks, you got to go by James, don't you? Or Jim? Eventually, you got to go James. I mean, you got much more gravitas if right? you go by James than Jimmy. Some point, you graduate from Jimmy. Some point, you got to grow up. But hey, here's the good news, Milwaukee Bucks fans. At least you won a championship before that train wreck took over your team. <laughs> yeah, it's all downhill from here. You guys got, you here. got no chance anymore. Well, here's here's why I bring it up to start off. What's trending? The Milwaukee Bucks just sold for three and a half billion dollars. That is, that's insane. On insanity. the heels of the Phoenix Suns going for four billion, the Broncos went for four and a half billion, and everyone's like, "Wow, NFL, NFL franchises! Look at it. It's only the Bucks went for." And and I bring this up because for all the heat that the NBA takes, mm-hmm. oh, you know, load management and uh, the league's gotten too woke and all this right. kind of stuff. Hey. Numbers don't lie. Three and a half billion. Three and a half billion. You know, have you been to Milwaukee? Exactly. That's incredible. I mean, good for the good for the Milwaukee. But whoever owned them before didn't. Did Aaron Rodgers have a little piece of Milwaukee Bucks? Oh, geez. I I'll have to look that up. I thought he might have a little ownership share. Well, he's even more relaxed. Maybe was, that yeah. maybe that's what he was thinking about in the in the dark for four days. Right. Relax. All that money that's sell. coming his way. Sell, Mortimer. Sell. sell, 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 sell. Wow. Three and a half billion. Three and a half with a B. Yikes. Yeah. So Major League Baseball. We saw the new pitch clock rules in place over the weekend. We had a game that was in the eighth inning tied. Mm -hmm. Bases loaded two outs, and I think it was the Braves batter got called out because he didn't get in the box soon enough, enough and the game ended in a tie. Old school baseball fans losing their mind. Games were played at a pretty brisk pace over the weekend, though. The idea is the average baseball game last year was about three hours and seven minutes long way too long. You play 162 of these games, you can't be averaging three hours per. Can't do it. The idea is to get it down to like two and a half. This is one of the ways to do it. You in favor of it? I'm in favor of making it two and a half. But is that is that a rule that's going to get you to two and a half from 307? It's supposed to help. I was like, yeah, you know what? I know everybody's up in arms and going crazy over that call and... I understand it. But, dude, get in the batter's box. Exactly. Quit adjusting your gloves 17 times. Get rid of all your little ticks. Get in the batter's box and get ready to play. Yep. It's not that hard. I'm okay. I'm all right. And, by the way, it's like this is like when a new rule is being emphasized in preseason in football and the flags are flying all over the place and people are losing their minds and what ends up happening. Players adjust. Coaches adjust. Everything adjusts. And maybe even the officials back off a little bit during Mm. the regular season. Players will adjust. They'll right. adjust. Right now it's a thing. It won't be a thing once we get into the season. How would you like this, football fans? A possible review of roughing the passer? Something that the competition committee talking about. You in favor of that? Um, yeah, I am. Too, uh, too many times. Hey, listen, man, I understand that protecting your investment, protecting the quarterbacks, but it, it's it's out of hand ridiculous. I mean, I would think that a lot of a lot of quarterbacks feel embarrassed about some of the calls they get. At least I would hope that they feel embarrassed about some of the calls they get. So yeah, I'm, I'm all over. I'm all over that. I, I, I would love to see them. I'd love to see them be able to review roughing the passer. How about any call? Any call? Be able any, to review. Don't any call in the XFL have a review flag? Like you can throw a flag on a, yeah. on a penalty. Yeah. Like, and, and review the penalty. Anything. Holding Wait, call. You can't review them all, though, right? Well, some are. So if you had one, well, I don't know. What one, about what about one it? challenge flag review call a game? And if you win it, you keep it. You do another. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm okay with that. One. Yeah, but if you win it, then you get another one, so you could theoretically do it do it again. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But if you lose it, you're, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. <whistles> Fury beat Paul. I saw that. After all the talk, man, Jake Paul came out and was talking all that junk. Remember, we played the audio. Oh and yeah. I was gonna, you know, rob him of his humanity. Mm-hmm. He was gonna decapitate him and right. steal his spirit. Mm-hmm. As much as I understand that. Pre-fight bravado's part of the game, man. It feels good to see a guy like that get beat. It really it does. <laughs> By the way, you know what I saw after the fight too? Jake Paul coming out and saying, "Man, I was sick twice during the week oh, during geez. the buildup. I, I felt like I was ah, yeah. listless. they had no energy." Look, dude, you can't talk all that smack pre-fight and then come out and complain about how you didn't feel good. That I don't want to hear that. Now, after all the talk about the NFL being scripted, now this one, this one has a scripted feel to it, uh, doesn't it? The underdog oh. wins. You got just enough. You had, a, you had a you had a split decision. You had Paul knocking Fury down in the final round to make it close to leave you wondering. Ah, did the right guy win? I mean, this is this is setting up naturally for a a rematch. Oh, of course. So it is. that 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 one. If you want to say that the fix was in on something, that one I could buy. That there was a a certain script for that one. A lot of money to be made in a rematch. Tons of it. Tons. Tons of money. One more for you. George Kittle, great tight end for the 49ers, says he can imagine a career in pro wrestling once he's done. George is a piece of work now. He's one of the funnest guys you'll ever be around. I could totally see him. Being one of the good guys in wrestling, right? Good guy? Oh, yeah. Good guy. Good guy. Okay, here's one for you. Is there anybody on the Denver sports scene that you think could have a career as a pro wrestler when it's all said and done? Ooh. We're our own Derek Wolf. Ooh. Yeah. Wolf pack. Yep. I could see grow that. All his, like he's already got the hair, right? Grow a bunch of facial hair and, and come out looking like a werewolf. Yes, like grow it up on around your cheeks and your eyes. You just get really fuzzy. Hey! I see Wolf doing that, but wouldn't that take him away from the show occasionally? That'll do it for uh, what is trending. Bring that to you each and every morning oh, at seven thirty. Matt Moore. <laughs> I heard Stokely and Zach talking about the other day. A Wolfie Day. (laughs) Get a Wolfie Day in. Uh, Matt Moore, our Nuggets insider, will join us after what felt like a playoff-style game last night. Is uh, Matt ready to sign up for a best-of-seven with the Clippers, or is that a team he might like to uh, wish to avoid? We'll talk to Matty about that coming up next. Loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 7.45 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. All right, let's talk some hoops after that uh, thrilling playoff-style victory last night for the Nuggets. Our Nuggets insider, Matt Moore, from the Action Network, joins us courtesy of Michelob Ultra, an official beer sponsor of the uh, Denver Nuggets. After watching that last night, are you like, uh, yeah, sign me up for a best of seven with the Clippers?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, those games have always been obviously there's a lot of history there, going back to the bubble and the 3-1 comeback. Uh, I will say, I don't think the Clippers want to sign up for that, given that the Nuggets swept them uh, this season and have really had the advantage since coming back from 3-1. The Clippers threw a lot of different things at the Nuggets last night. They were definitely testing some things for a playoff series. They tried going small versus Joker. They used Mason Plumley a little bit late. They were without Zubash, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what, what the dynamic will be in a playoff series, but uh, despite everything, despite a phenomenal quarter, fourth quarter from Kawhi Leonard to force overtime, despite a, a lot of really resiliency from the Clippers, honestly, and coming back from the deficit, they still couldn't get it done. You know, Joker just absolutely dominated in overtime, and the Nuggets, once again, get a win. If, they're, if they face off in a playoff series, I think that's a team that the Clippers want to try and avoid at all costs.
0: Obviously, the Nuggets, number one in the West right now. When you kind of handicap the West and you look at, maybe the toughest opponent, the toughest matchup for the Nuggets going through it, the the, the one that will maybe keep them uh, or be the most challenging on their way to playing in an
1: NBA championship
0: uh, series. Uh, Who would
1: that team in the West be? Yeah, I mean, it's got to start with the Suns. You know, Kevin Durant makes his debut this week, and uh, given everything they bring to the table, they lost a lot of depth, they lost a lot of defense in the trade. But when you've got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, that's a combination of guys – that's just going to make it very tough for the Nuggets defense, which already is obviously the weak point. Um, and then you, you throw in the fact of they've got enough scoring to kind of hang with Denver. Like When you start this conversation, it's going to be, can you keep up with Denver? Uh, I don't love the, the Dallas matchup in a potential second round series just because they play so slow and Luca has really gotten good at, at dissecting them. Um, but I just don't know if Dallas has enough firepower outside of that. I really don't know that there's a lot of things that match up well with Denver. They lost to Memphis on Saturday, but that was more, I think, a look-ahead spot for the Sunday game, coming off a big win versus the Cavs. Uh, in general, I think we'll see how this that goes on Friday. I think Denver's got a big edge against the, the Grizzlies. Then you got teams with the Kings, not really a threat, a, as much fun as they've been. The West has a lot of really good teams. I think, honestly, if you're looking at anybody that might be frightening, you got to look way down the list. If the Lakers, with this after the trades, are able to make a push, you know, a first round series versus the Lakers, it's a lot to deal with when you got LeBron and AD and a suddenly pretty good surrounding group of players. Where are you with the Warriors?
0: Because that's another potential first round matchup.
1: I've I've held out all the time. Like I keep holding out. being being like, we can't get them out. That's the champs. They've won every time that they've had all their guys healthy for every series. But at some point, they're just not there. And I just don't think that their depth is there. I, I think it's going to be hard. Like, their starters are really good when they're together. Steph's, you know, injuries, he, come, he got hurt, came back, got hurt again. Um, it'll be tough. I do think, though, that this feels like a, a year where after this is going to be big changes for the Warriors. I'm just not sure that they're at that level. And I'm not sure that they have the kind of belief in themselves to get there, despite that championship experience. Obviously, you face the Warriors in the first round, it's going to be tough. That team's going to bring championship experience to the table. But Denver has a lot more firepower at this point this season, and nothing has really gone right for Golden State this year.
0: Matt, can anybody dethrone the Joker when it comes to the MVP talk? Is he destined to win his third MVP in a row?
1: I think last night was probably the nail in the coffin. Um, You know, MD's playing great, but he's really, I think, the only one that can catch him. Giannis has got. Uh, a knee bruise is probably going to keep him out a little bit. And when we look at the number of games played, Giannis is going to be pretty far back. Um, there's not Luka's really fallen off from that conversation, so has Tatum. So it's really a two-man race between Embiid and Jokic. And I think Embiid's going to get votes. But ultimately, I think games like last night show Jokers' ability to dominate so many different ways in the course of the game. And with the Nuggets... Very likely to finish with a one seed in the West. Yeah, I think uh, last night probably showed up Joker's third MVP.
0: Busy with Matt Moore, Nuggets Insider. One more for you. Where would you put Michael Porter Jr.'s game at right now, his development?
1: The best it's ever been. Uh, It's above where I thought it would be coming off of the injury from last season. Uh, He's been sensational. And not just the scoring stuff. right? last night was terrific in terms of, what he's brought to the table scoring. He's been on a streak here last couple of games. He's no longer the guy that doesn't fit into the offense. He's no longer the guy that, co- that the other players are constantly looking to and saying, what happened on that defensive possession? He's just like a good NBA player. He's actually been tough defensively this year. He's not making mistakes, and he can shoot the lights out. Uh, he's been absolutely huge. Last night. he was attacking the rim, he adds something new to his game, and that's something that he hasn't had the opportunity to because of the injury. He's added layers. On layers, if you attack his closeout, he hurts you with it. There's so many ways that he's a better player. You know, he really has become part of that big four with Joker, Aaron Gordon, and Jamal Murray.
0: Okay, exciting time. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Matt Moore, our Nuggets insider, joining us, courtesy of Michelob Ultra, an official beer sponsor of the Denver Nuggets. You can follow Matt on Twitter at HP Basketball, and good stuff there as as we look at this this Nuggets team and. He's right about Michael Porter Jr. And if, if you look at, at MPJ, he's averaging almost 20 points per game in the month of February. Kind of a quiet. Yeah. You know, you know a quiet 20 a night. I heard Michael. 20 a night. I heard Michael Malone praise MPJ the other day and talked about, like, his toughness. You want to talk about maturity, right? Remember, you know, he wouldn't play defense. Michael, I mean, he was always kind of on the tip of... Uh, of Michael Malone's tongue as far as the guy that's going to get eviscerated. You know, the guy's going to get called out. But oh, Michael Malone said the injuries that he's had, the missed time that he's had, there's nobody more mentally tough than Michael Porter Jr. and what he's going through with his family. I just, like, I was, like, almost, like, taken aback, listening to Mike Michael Malone talk about him. And so I, I just thought that that was – like you want to talk about maturity, you want to talk about growth, you want to talk about all the things that that you talk about that make a guy that you know that grows up and makes a guy from a professional athlete to a professional basketball player. And I think he's developing into a professional basketball player. And that's what Michael Malone was talking about. 11 games in February averaging 19.6 points per game and you look up throughout the course of the month and 23, 22, 30, 22, 25, last night, 29. And everyone talks about Phoenix and their big four and everything. Mm -hmm. If, If you're telling me that I'm going to be able to rely on Michael Porter Jr. in the playoffs to go along with Jokic, to go along with Murray, to go along with Aaron Gordon, I'll put the Nuggets big four up against the Suns big four, no problem. And then besides that, I've got the Nuggets depth. Which Phoenix has none of. So, you start putting it all together, and you start looking at the wild cards for the Nuggets in the postseason. I, I start with MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. To me, he is the biggest wild card for the uh, for the Nuggets if they're going to go to the NBA Finals. You know what? You know what else is amazing? Just about the way their team operates, the unselfishness with which their team operates. Like Gordon can have a big game without scoring a lot of points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He does a lot of the dirty work stuff. Like last night I don't think he had a ton of points, but last, I was in foul trouble. First game back from the rib injury yeah. too. But but he just has a presence about him. hmm So you can get the the scoring from the other three guys too and and have him do that dirty work. I I don't know, I just uh I think they're I think right now they're just they feel like a, a team that's really connected. Which yes. is great. Yep. Yep. So then you got them rolling right now. Mm-hmm you got the Avalanche. Dude, the Avs are 13-2-2 two two in their last 17. And they got a lot of birds that, in the bush. That, and they've got birds in the bush. Games in hand. Mm-hmm. And there is a... They're just quietly rolling right now. Yes. Right? Yeah. And... Kind of under the... It feels under the radar-ish rolling. Well, because they continue to have the injuries. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, who knows with Gabe. McCarr's been out, although looks like a good chance he's back tonight against Vegas. But despite all that, they're just rolling right along, picking up points. Mm -hmm. And, boy, you realize, by the way, they they had arrived at a bit of a, okay, guys, it's time to get moving. After that loss to Chicago, then they had the team meeting. Uh When you realize they've put together this string of hockey, and they're still sixth in their conference. Now, granted, it's... It's so jumbled up, and they do have two, three games in hand with the with the teams that, that are ahead of them, so there's still uh, room for them to move up. But you realize that you, you, at this stage of the season, you can't mess around. You can't just kind of muddle along and play 500 hockey and think mm-hmm. you're going to make the playoffs. So they're rolling along. The trade deadline's coming up on March 9th. They made a, a couple of trades yesterday, depth moves. They get a... um Goaltender over the weekend, Keith Kincaid uh, from the Bruins. I think that's just that's just insurance in case Pavel Francouz isn't able to come back, right. or isn't, or is any kind of a question mark. That's just that's just a depth move there. You see, a Veteran goaltender. You see, I think it was Boston's starting goalie that uh, scored. Scored goal. Way. Yeah. Empty net goal. Then you made a trade that got a lot of people talking. They they trade. Andreas England for Jack Johnson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, England, just a career minor leaguer, but he's only 27. Done some nice things this year. You bring back Jack Johnson. Both guys are in the final year of contracts. But Jack Johnson, you know, some people are like, hey, you giving up on a younger player for a guy who's much older But he was, he was part of your championship team last year. Right. Doesn't that matter? Yeah, it does matter. He's one of those. How does it matter? Well, it matters because you're a glue guy. You're a guy that's been there. You're a guy that has instant relationship with your teammates and has played with those guys and understands those guys. Plus, he's American. Jack Johnson. And you got rid of a guy named England. I don't think that ever hurts you. (laughs) No! Can never no. go wrong with having. Although the English don't have to worry about their teeth, so that's one thing about Good point. hockey. As a hockey player, right, right, as a hockey player, because they've got terrible teeth anyhow. So you've got that going for you. But no, I mean a guy that's been here, who's done that, who you mentioned earlier in the show, that first game of the season against the Blackhawks, when he just kind of stood out there and checked out the flag, and they were like, "Hey, man, come here, come yep. here," you know, come yep. to the championship banner, be with us. So, like, there's a connection there with those guys that uh, he instantly fits in, and and I think there's a comfort level there that you have with a guy like Jack Johnson when he comes back in the fold. So, I think that's a I think the chemistry aspect of that is big. He's 36 years old, and so right right there, the argument was, well, you're giving up on a guy who's 10 years younger. Yeah, but guys like England are are. To be kind. They're, they're dime a dozen type players. They really are. Dude, if, okay, 27, I keep saying. he's a career minor leaguer, too, for from mo- He doesn't have Dude. that much NHL experience, so I don't know what you think you're you how somehow the, lost out on. How's McKinnon? Oh, McKinnon is, uh, what, 20? I think he's like 26, 27. Yeah, how many years has he been <laughs> in the NHL? He's been in it like 9, 10, 10, 10 11, years, right? 10 11 years now? Years? Yeah. You got a 27 year old that's a career minor leaguer? Thanks. I, I yeah. mean, uh, hey, listen, man. Good for maybe he develops. Who knows? I would rather take a known commodity that I know what I'm going to get for an unknown commodity. 100 percent of the time. So I get a known commodity. So what? And there's no there's no guarantee that I mean Jack Johnson is a, a professional hockey player. There's no guarantee that some dude named England is going to be. Even though he's 27. I, to me, in hockey parlance, 27 is, is you're you're on the back end at 27. And I know that's still young, but you know what I'm saying? But you, when you're trying to win a cup, and let's face it, just because you're a professional athlete uh-huh. doesn't mean you're going to be somebody that can handle playing in the pressure games, right? Not every professional athlete's right? created sure. the same. Not yeah. every professional athlete can handle pressure situations or the postseason. Jack Johnson showed last year he can handle the postseason. He was a plus player through 13 games in the playoffs. He averaged about 11 minutes per game. Nothing big, but still 11 minutes a game. He's out there, and he didn't hurt you. He didn't didn't give up. He didn't score. He didn't have any assists. He had no points, but he was still a a plus performer. He was dependable. You could rely on him in the minutes that he gave you. And it's evident by the way that the team responded to him when, on opening night, when he's sitting there by himself on the bench. Uh And then they're like, yeah, come over here. And then, so, you know, you got a sea of avalanche players. And here's one guy with a Blackhawk jersey on. He's in the middle of them. He's got his arms draped over his teammates. And they're all looking up and smiling and having a good time. And you think about the playoff grind. It's a, it's a, it's a two, three month haul. It's a long haul. And having guys in that room that can, well, handle think, think all the pressure night. that goes with it. That matters. Think about this real quick. What was, what, what has been some of the criticism with some of the young players? Inconsistency, right? New hook for a while, a couple of the other young guys that Jared Bednar got frustrated with at times over the course of early in the season, right? One thing you know about veteran guys, like there is comfort in understanding and knowing what a guy is and knowing what you're going to get for that yep. guy. So I can put him into a hockey game for 11 minutes a game, and I know exactly what I'm going to get. Yep, I know exactly. There will be no inconsistency. There will be no up and down play. I know what I've got in this guy, and I know what I'll get in every situation. For a coach, you know how how incredibly, um, just I- incredibly just calming that is for a coach. It's, it's huge. I'm gonna put him in here. He won't hurt us when your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit BathFitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits.